Section 6 of A Treatise on Foreign Teas. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jennifer Painter. A Treatise on Foreign Teas by Hugh Smith. Manner of Using. As the time of drinking this tea is morning and evening, it is necessary to inquire whether its qualities are such as are calculated to suit the temporary necessities of nature at those periods. From what has been observed respecting foreign teas, it is evident that their properties are diametrically opposite to those which nature at such times requires. When the body is exhausted by insensible perspiration, the most requisite aliment is that which can equally restore the loss of the solids and the languid flow of the animal spirits. What is then taken ought therefore to be neither too heavy for the state of the unbraced system, nor too volatile to afford a sufficient quantity of nutritive juices to the whole animal economy. Nor should the aliment be so stimulating as to disorder instead of re-establishing the equalised motion of the yet perturbed state of the animal spirits. What is then given should have the power of sedating the nervous fluids, while it disseminates through the viscera the elements of nutrition. These being the requisite properties of what is taken as a breakfast, it remains to consider whether those of the sanative tea are adequate to such indispensable purposes. In the preceding part of this inquiry, it has been found that the principal qualities of this tea are moderately astringent, balsamic and aromatic. It is therefore evident that, from a combination of these eminent medical principles, this tea must operate as a sedator of perturbation, a renovator of exhausted solids and an exhilarator of nervous depression. It may therefore be used as a morning beverage with the greatest advantage for the preservation and re-establishment of health, for never were the qualities of any aliment so particularly adapted to the necessities of the body at any stated period as those of the sanative tea are at the time of breakfast. Without loading the exhausted viscera, they afford it a sufficiency of balsamic and nutritive aliment. Nor does the sanative tea, by sedating the fluttering spirits, destroy their vigour, but, on the contrary, by calming their motion, they contribute more active energy by promoting their equalised progress. And thus is the animal economy restored to the proper use and enjoyment of its functions. And in proportion, as the spirits are restored to an equilibrium of motion and fluidity, the relaxed tone of the nerves is recovered, and the whole functions of man rendered capable of exercise and enjoyment. The above being stated as the advantages attending the use of the sanative tea in the morning, it is next expedient to consider what benefit is derived from the use of it in the afternoon. At this time, the body is in a very different state of temperature from that of the morning, by the toil, care, study, or amusement of the former part of the day, 
the solids are wasted and the fluids in a state of ferment and evaporation. Added to this, the aliment which is taken at dinner time so exhausts the animal warmth as to leave the whole body in a state of refrigeration. What is therefore taken in this situation should be neither relaxing, constipating, nor heating. It should possess a genial warmth, a cordial assistant, and a restorative nutriment. The first should be such as to supply the deficiency of warmth which the body feels by the act of digestion without inflaming the blood or too greatly increasing the pulse. The second, or cordial assistant, should rather increase the powers of the body than those of the heart, for the force of the heart may be increased to the detriment of health. This is evident from a weakness of the body being the consequence of the force of the heart being increased in an inflammatory fever. And with regard to what is taken in the afternoon requiring a restorative nutriment, it is necessary that it should be light, pure and wholesome, lest its solidity and heaviness should oppress the bowels at a time when their tone is relaxed by recent fatigue and digestion. These qualities being the most proper to produce fresh animal spirits are the most fit to be taken when a new accession of them is necessary. It has been observed those are the most robust whose serum resembles most the white of an egg. It has therefore been most rationally concluded that the origin of the animal spirits is from aliments capable of being changed into a similar substance, but so attenuated by incalation as to concrete by fire. For this reason, the greatest support of the spirits is afforded by light and nourishing meats and drinks, which in taste and smell are even agreeable to infants. All cordials and aromatics are consequently the most proper for such purposes, and at such times, when heavier foods would impress, instead of recruiting, the exhausted solids and fluids. It is therefore Boerhaave recommends such aromatics for the reviving and recruiting the animal spirits as having the most pleasing taste and smell. Agreeably to this opinion, Dr. Solander employed his researches to form an afternoon beverage of such herbs as should possess all the above cardiac and balsamic qualities. The use of the sanative tea between dinner and supper operates as the most reviving and wholesome aliment that can, at such a time, be possibly taken. An inquiry having been made into the nature, preparation, and manner of using the sanative tea, there only remains to conclude this second part of the essay with the consideration of its effects. End of section 6